finally gathered the ingredients and have a little shaker thing now. Yeah. So you, I can. You uh, gathered the seven Dragon Balls. So I can make them. Very nice. And it'll turn it out good. I gotta say. Very good. This is only my second one, but um, but pretty good. Getting it down. Getting it down. I've not seen Barbie, but I have seen Oppenheimer. Did you like? I thought it was good. Yeah. Nice. I'll refrain from talking about a, it uh, too much on the podcast, but I, damn, I mean, I I'm curious. I'm okay with being spoiled on it. It's the story has been told, but it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not a new story. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, they build a bomb. They build a bomb. No and shit. It's about really? Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer has a interesting life. Yeah. That's about it. All I know is got him. It's got Artie Robert Dowdy Jr. in it. It's got. I didn't know he was going to be in it. <laughs> he I didn't popped either. up. I was like, "Is that?" Robert that, I had to think about it too. I think he's only in it for like 15 minutes. He's not in it for very long. He's That's got like funny. 15 minutes of screen time. But he is a good. He is a very important character. Mm-hmm. Mm. But uh, was it was it very good? Was it very thematic? Was it very Nolan esque? It was very Nolan. I thought it was like good. It wasn't like my favorite. By oh, you seen it? Michael? I've seen it. Yeah, nope. I've seen Barbie. Oh, okay. I did the whole Barbenheimer uh, release thing. <laughs> I went and saw Barbie and Oppenheimer, which I was not planning on doing, but I did. Did you see it with Carly, Barbie? I saw Barbie with Carly and a couple other people, and then I also saw Oppenheimer with Carly and a couple other people. Like, it was two different groups we went with to see both movies. Nice. So, Did you see it in the full um, the full IMAX capability? I didn't do that because the guy, the people we went to to see Oppenheimer with didn't doesn't like IMAX movies because it's, like, too loud. And I what? was like, well, I feel like Oppenheimer's a really good IMAX theme. But what, the, I, I, yeah. like, what the fuck? You, what? It actually, I actually <laughs> it's don't the same think loud, it was, It's the same loudness stop as Stop associating with this person. <laughs> yeah, what, it's the same loudness as a normal movie theater. Which I, North, they can be pretty loud, but... In, yeah, in it just all, sounds better. Right. I mean, like, that's. I didn't really care. In all honesty, I thought I'd really want to see Oppenheimer in IMAX. And then I saw the movie and I was like, I don't really care. That. It wasn't, like, that impressive. I'd rather see The Dark Knight. Or a Batman movie in IMAX than Oppenheimer. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I know what you, I know what you mean. But at the same time, I crave the that's like that's that's the unique experience. It's a good right? experience. Like, and like I would say, if you didn't go to see Top Gun in IMAX, then you're doing it wrong. Like that was that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> Oppenheimer, I didn't really care. Uh, it's just there's some good tense music points moments. Other than that, not really anything big. Is it's a pretty dialogue movie, right? Super heavy yeah. dialogue. Um, some tense moments in like the music again, and then there's like the bomb explodes, but it, they make that explosion like silent, so it's not anything big. So, yeah, yeah. I heard that I, the bomb itself was actually created practically. It like was actually basically the, yeah. Put a bunch of fucking TNT together and like created <laughs> and ex- it and used it. Yeah, yeah. I heard that too. It wasn't a CGI. It was a real bomb or a real explosion. I mean, it looked good. Yeah, right? it looked really like, good. It looked looked real good. Legit. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I was on Mike. Definitely not my favorite Nolan movie. Uh, fun, interesting, and different. I think for him. But yeah, it was it was chill. I see that a solid good. A solid a solid. Nice. It's not yeah. mid, but it's, it's solid good. good out of ten is what I would say. All right, solid good out of ten. All right. We, yeah. Uh, and then what do you think about Barbie movie, Colton? Or tr- Barbie trying movie to sell, was- trying to sell Sean on it. Sean, Barbie I mean, I'll was, watch it. I Barbie was fun. I mean, if anything, um, Ryan Gosling does a great job as Ken. It's really goofy. It's really 
yeah. slapstick in a really good way. It does not take itself seriously at all. And it's also not made for children, which I found very nice. It's yeah. actually got some good humor. It's really just like silly. And I, I really liked it. I mean, I, I want to see the movie. Um, um, I will. Right. The uh, yeah. I, it was really funny because when you, you go to the theater, right? And you, it's so weird. All the, the clearly two different crowds. <laughs> you got yeah. the party yeah. people all in pink, and then you have the Oppenheimer people. I and, who you can are you can just pick them out. The, the, <laughs> yeah, I just don't get. Barbie movie became a big thing where everyone dressed up for it, and I actually wore a pink shirt to the theater as a joke. I was like, ah, I'm going to dress up in theme, but then everyone dressed up in a theme, <laughs> and I was so surprised that every single person was doing that. I was like, guys, yeah, Casey is was this super disappointed that she didn't like dress up because like we just went just in casual clothes, right? Like, right, t-shirt, sweatshirt, stuff like that, right? But then like everyone else was like super dressed up. Tons of like, fuck, yeah, fuck. Ton- everyone was in pink, or some some people were, like women were taking it very seriously and like dressing up in super barbified pink yep. outfits. Yeah, I don't so, know why it became this whole craze, but I it's think kinda, that's kind of like the culture of Barbie, right? Like dress up and whatever. It was so. it was funny. There's another meme going up around with like Ryan Gosling and like that's literally me. Have you guys heard this meme? <laughs> Everyone's Maybe. like, oh, Ryan Gosling, that's literally me," or the Ken, that's literally me. And I don't really super get it. I don't know if it's like some sort of meme because I, I won't spoil it. But hmm. um, I don't know. People, are, that's a meme. I don't. Do you get it, Mike? Do you get that joke at all? Uh, I mean, a little bit, yeah. I can kind of get it, but I don't know. It's a weird meme that popped up. Yep. weird it's a it's definitely it's an interesting experience that's for sure that like, is it that I, is. I went i went someone to inebriated so it was kind of fun i also went inebriated and it was very fun because of that yeah it would be fun without being inebriated though. yeah so i also saw oppenheimer went... very drunk um so that was a lot to like keep track of trying to be in the theater and <laughs> keeping yeah, track of all movie the movie i would see uh under effects of something <laughs> yeah. um i i saw it late I saw I saw a ten oh five showing. Yeah, got out Oof. at one a.m. <laughs> it started, you know, at ten thirty or whatever. Yeah. yeah, So I got out at like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and I might not be doing too many more of those in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that's especially I mean, that's, especially Oppenheimer yeah. where you have to stay yeah. focused. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I, I was focused. Like the movie was fine. It's just when I got out, it hit me. I was like, oh man. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was tired, and it, I got out at like seven o'clock. I went right after work, and it, oh, yeah, yeah, I went after work too. Yeah, um, and I was like, oh, it's only it. seven, and I'm really dog tired right now. So I just have to find that funny. At least you get to like travel back home in like the cool air because it's fucking hot as bl- balls out in Salt Lake right now. Oh yeah, it was cool for you. It was still ninety degrees outside for me. That's what I mean. Like in your case, it's it's wait. It, it was still ninety at one in the morning. Yep. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, it's like it's like lingering heat. the The sun heats it up, and then the the earth just stays hot. What the fuck? Does not get cool here. Ah, that's ah, scary. Yeah, that's how it is. Kind of in. I think Denver's a little bit cooler, but right now it's ninety eight. Is it going to get to a hundred? It's going to be um, at least ninety five or above for the next ten days in Denver. And it's one hundred two right now, and the low today is eighty. Yeah. See, my lows are still in the 70s and 60s, which is great, but (laughs) it's 100 during the day. So you got to make sure you do everything you want to do early or in the evening. Before noon. (laughs) Yeah. When 
Yeah, it's before noon or after the sun sets. If you're out during the when the sun's out afternoon, it's not gonna be a good time. No, but like even then, like it's ninety degrees when the sun like after the sun sets. Like that's it's pretty wild. Nuts. That is very hot. Yeah, that is very hot. I'll so. tell you, let's see, let's see here. It will be It will be Well tonight it does get a little cooler, but ninety until like 11 p.m. Yeah. And then it goes and then it goes into the high 80s. Jeez. Hope you have AC everyone. If you don't have AC, good luck. Yeah. I've heard Phoenix is just getting wasted right now. Like that's just how uh, it is over with, there. With the heat. Yeah. And I don't know. I still don't know why people want to live there. Yeah. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Why you cannot support 5 million people in the middle of a fucking desert? Like why some of my aunts and uncles want to move there. Why? Uh, like not to Phoenix, but outside of it. And I was like, why? I mean, it's like really cheap. No, I don't cheap. get it. It's really cheap, but I wouldn't get it. If you already have a house yeah. in LA or whatever, just stay there. Yeah. I don't get it. But yeah. it's it's crazy. It is wild. Um, yeah, well. Boys, are you ready for, for the full topic of almost a podcast today? It's yeah, gonna sure. be, It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be. Wanna... I'll, I'll intro us. Um, welcome to this episode of Almost a Podcast. I'm Colton, your host. Yeah. And I got my two lads, Sean and Mike, sitting here. And we're going to do some story time today. I'm standing, basically. actually. Oh, shit. Standing desk, Sean. Let's go. Oh, you I'm, got him. I'm, I'm sitting. Uh, <laughs> this, is, um, this is a dumb joke. Yeah. Um, let's see. I. Okay. Mike I thought know. it was funny, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was it <laughs> funny. You were just saying, saying it was a dumb joke while Colton's like completely thrown off it was just yeah <laughs> just, like, right. it was just i'm funny. just like now i'm just totally off take me off as You're host welcome. guys <laughs> um i don't want to <laughs> hey, welcome to the podcast this is episode 92 uh, yeah i almost don't want to do this because i got too hyped by playing omega strikers earlier today so like this is supposed to be a chill episode but now i'm like really adrenaline high from our omega strikers <laughs> session so um i don't know but uh I told I was talking to Mike about this before we start recording. Creepy pastas, guys. We're either Mike. You said you were not into creepy pastas. Sean, were you ever into these as a as a kid, as a young adult, middle schooler? I mean, I feel like I read several, but I just I never draw drew too much entertainment from them. You know? Yeah. Uh, what I did really like, and I know you asked about it, so I pulled up a couple things. Is um, I really like like the short things um, from like Glitch in the Matrix type event things. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, you know, not not stories that are intentionally trying to be scary, just like things that are odd. You mm-hmm. know, things that are f- weird. Yeah. Um, I was kind of into creepypastas as a kid. I feel like it was something where it was just part of the internet culture at the time, and I was really like morbid curiosity got the best of me. So. Recently, I just had a random thought popping in my head. I'm like, are they still a thing? Do creepypastas still go around, and are they still being written? Or is, like, the age of Slenderman and all that stuff behind us? And I came to find out it is still an active community. It is still a regular thing being passed around on the Internet. So, basically, we're going to... This is why it's going to be super... Like, this episode's going to be a lot different. I was just going to, like, share one or two of these with you guys. Mm-hmm. Read them. And I we could just talk about them, you know? I hear that most of the creepypastas are not as good as, like, the oldies of 
of back in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. But I thought it'd be kind of cool just to go over like a modern creepypasta for people that were into those those uh you know the cultural part of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how has it changed? I don't know. I picked one. I picked so what I did, I picked three. Probably only gonna go through one or two, like I said. Um, and I just went by popularity over the mm-hmm. past three or four years. Uh, and I picked the most popular one, and that's the one I'm I'm gonna read today, basically. All right. So, Sean, if you have any like glitch of the matrix stuff you wanted to like read or tell us about that's like modern, then that'd be cool. But I just wanted to like ch- we're going to chill out. We're going to have this super chill okay. story sesh, low effort. Yeah, before we get <laughs> into this, effort. what the hell even is a creepy pasta cuz oh, I'm still yeah. unclear on it's that. It's like a even. campfire story, you let's, know, like ooh and then internet no. campfire story. It is yeah. essentially a horror related legend which has been shared around the internet. It's basically, yeah, a catch-all term for any horror internet or horror content posted to the internet. Very, so it's very internet focused. Okay. It can be like ghosts, murder, a suicide, creepy zombies. Creepy pasta. Creepy, yeah, sure. Creepy copy pasta. Slenderman is the OG, like most well-known. Yeah, that's the uh, only one I know. Creepy pasta, and there's like, there's one that's like Ben drowned. It was a really popular one. Wait, from was the siren? The siren. I remember the siren, siren is one. the 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 characters from the back rooms. Those are all creepy pasta stories. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? So the siren, the 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 scraggly tangled tube monster, the face thing, <laughs> um, the 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 face fr- the husky face, the demon face of the husky, yeah. is is part of a, is a creepypasta. Uh, all all that stuff is kind of like that. It goes into that topic or that hmm. realm, I guess. So, yeah, like I I. I I don't know. I, I just morbid curiosity got the best of me again, and I wanted to check it out. So, you guys ready? Do you have any more thoughts before I start on this? Uh, go for it. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. I, I I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about if it does if it is unsettling, then what makes it unsettling? Yeah. You know? Do you want to let's dive into that after I read the story? And again, I might only read one story because I'm not sure I want to narrate multiple stories that's like a lot of effort you know you got a great you yeah. got a great narrative voice man we'll see i i'm not gonna try too hard on here but i'm just it's supposed to be like a 12 minute read so okay buckle your seat belts if you oh, don't wow. okay if you don't want to listen to it skip 12 minutes ahead i guess so can you send me the link so i can like read along oh yeah of course of course i'll send you guys both the link this and i'll, I'll give you a i'll give you a, a little background this creepypasta i believe is the most it's not the most highly rated. I went for most popular. And I believe this is the one of the most popular creepy pastas of the past 3 or so years. And it is called I just posted it in our signal chat. Or actually, hold on. Let me post this in our uh podcast chat because that will Signal's be easy good. for everyone to see. Um okay. it is called If You're Armed and at the Glenmont Metro, please shoot me. That's the name of the creepypasta. Jeez. So. Okay, so there's a whole website. There's right. a whole website. So there is. So it's an active community. People are really into writing these stories. So I'm going to go right into it. It's by I'll, I'll give the writer uh, credit. Peter Frost David is the person who wrote it. So, all right. Without further ado, I'm going to start reading it. All right. Here we go. If you're armed and at the Glenmont Metro, please shoot me. Make it a headshot. Shoot me in the temple. Aiming slightly downwards. I need the bullet to travel through the shortest possible distance through my brain before it hits my hippocampus. If I'm lucky, 
the sensation of the gunshot ripping through my skull will only last a few decades. Jeez. As awful as this sounds, you'll be doing me an enormous favor. Death by a headshot, as soon as possible, is vastly better than the alternative. My ordeal started over 10,000 years ago. What the fuck? I haven't read this uh, in advance, by the way. I'm just going into this blind. So I might have some commentary as I go through this. Um, My ordeal started over 10,000 years ago at 10.15 this morning. I earn extra cash money by participating in drug trials. I'm the so-called healthy subject, quote-unquote, who takes experimental drugs to help assess side effects. Once it was a kidney drug. A few times it's been something for blood pressure or cholesterol. This morning they told me the drug I took was a psychoactive substance intended to accelerate brain function. None of the drugs I had tested so far have ever done anything for me in the recreational sense. In other words, none of the drugs I've tested have given me a killer buzz or mellowed me out or anything. Maybe I've always ended up in the placebo group, but nothing I've tested had affected me at all. Today's drug was different. This shit worked. They gave me a pill at 10.15 and told me to hang out in the waiting room until they called me back for some tests. Only about 30 minutes, the research assistant told me. I flopped onto the waiting room couch and read a few articles from a copy of Psychology Today that was sitting on the coffee table. They hadn't called me back when I finished the Psychology Psychology Today, so I picked up a U.S. news and read it cover to cover. Then I read an old Scientific American. What was taking them so damn long? (laughs) I sluggishly turned my head to look at the wall clock. It was only 10.23 a.m. I'd read all three magazines in eight minutes. I remember thinking that this was going to be a long day. I was right. The waiting room had a little bookshelf with some used hardcovers on it. When I stood up to walk to the bookshelf, it felt like my legs barely worked. It's not that they were weak. They were just slow. I took a full minute just to stand off off the couch and another minute to take two steps to the bookcase. I can see where this is going. This is going to be... Like, suffering, yeah. <laughs> suffering yeah. story. Um, I scanned the old books on the shelf and picked out a copy of Moby Tick. My arms had the same problems as my legs. Just reaching one foot in front of me to grab the book took a long time. I actually got bored just waiting for my hand to reach the spine of the book. I slogged back to the couch and collapsed onto it in a slow-motion fall that reminded me of the low-gravity hops of astronauts on the moon. I opened <laughs> Moby Dick, slowly, and began reading. I started with Call Me Ish- Ishmael and got as far as the as far as Av throwing the pipe into the sea. Ahab. Which was Ahab, which was all the way Captain to Captain Ahab, the f- Moby Dick, man. <laughs> uh, man. I didn't read Moby Dick when I was a kid. Hey, <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> okay. I'm just sounding it out. Um, so we got to Ahab throwing the pipe into the sea, which was all the way to the freaking chapter 30 before they called me back. How are they feeling, the research? How are you feeling, the research assistant asked me. I feel slow, I said. Actually, it's the other way around. Everything seems slow because you're so fast. But my legs, my arms, they're moving in slow motion. Your body seems like it's moving slowly because your brain is fast. Your brain is running 10 or 20 times faster than normal. You are thinking and perceiving reality at at an accelerated pace, but your body is constrained by the laws of biomechanics. Frankly, you're moving much faster than a normal person. She pantomimed? What the fuck? Pantomimed. Pantomimed. A jogging, a jogging motion. But your brain is running so much faster right now that even your fast walk seems very slow to you. I thought about my slow motion flop onto the waiting room couch. Even if my muscles had slowed down, my body would still react to gravity the same way. But in the waiting room, I even fell in slow motion. Slow muscles couldn't explain why gravity seemed weaker. My brain was going at warp 10. That's how <laughs> I managed to read three magazines 
and the first 30 chapters of Moby Dick in 15 minutes. They ran a series of tests on me. The physical tests were fun. They made me juggle three balls, then four, then six. I had no problem keeping six balls in the air because they seemed to be moving much more slow. It was boring, frankly, waiting for each ball to move through the arc so I could catch it with my slow motion hands and toss it back into the air. They threw Cheerios in the air and I caught them with chopsticks. They dropped a handful of coins and I counted the total value before they hit the ground. The cognitive tests were less fun, but very illuminating. Finish a 50 word, wait, finish a 50 word search, three seconds. Solve an intricate maze drawn into a poster sized paper, two seconds. View a slideshow projected at 10 images per second and answer detailed questions about what I saw, 95% correct. They told me I measured over 250 on the Knopf, sale, Knopf scale. Apparently, that's deep into superhuman range of thinking speeds. <laughs> then they sent me home. It'll wear off in a few hours, they said, which will seem like days to you. Holy shit. What? <laughs> oh, no. Try to use the residual effects to get some work done. To get some work done, catch up on work emails while you're still in high-speed <laughs> mode. It's going to take like a day for it to load Like from your perspective, like the email, I feel like. The ride home was horrible. Yeah. It was only three metro stops, and in real world time, it only took about 35 minutes, but in my drug hyper, uh, drug accelerated hyper time, it felt like days, literally days. Just walking out of the medical research suite to the elevator seemed like it took an hour. I was, I sprinted out of the office, willing my legs to push me faster, but the laws of biomechanics held me prisoner. As, ex- as accelerated my brain wa- as my brain was, I couldn't do anything to make my legs work faster. The huge disconnect between my body and mind made it extremely difficult to judge how and when to slow down, turn, or rotate my body. I had basically turned into a giant slow-motion spaz. I misjudged my speed and rammed into the wall by the elevator <laughs> button at a pretty good speed. Even though I could see the wall coming at me, I couldn't make my finger outstretched to hit the elevator button, move away fast enough, and I had jammed it against the wall. Hard. The pain was intense. If my brain had been running at regular speed, it probably would have only hurt for 30 seconds or so. But my in my accelerated state, the intense pain seemed to last for a half an hour. 45 minutes, maybe. Oof. That's rough. This is rough. Not going well. The elevator ride was horrible. I felt like I spent four or five hours just descending seven floors with nothing to look at but the interior of an elevator car. Of the elevator car. I sprinted to the metro station. I have to admit, this part was almost fun. Even though my body moved at what seemed to me super slow speed, I could still carefully choose how and where to place my feet, swing my arms, and turn my torso. It only took a block or two of getting used to it, to 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 having a brain that ran two dozen times faster than my body. Then I basically sprint danced the rest of the way, (laughs) twisting and juking between people on the sidewalk and dodging moving cars with inches, aka minutes, of clearance. I spent an hour in my time frame descending into the subway and running to the platform. Endless tedium waiting the six minutes for the red line train to arrive. Although there was more to look at than on the metro platform than inside of the elevator, it was still intensely boring. I should have stolen that copy of Moby Dick. The red line train roared into the station in slow motion. The normally high-pitched squeal of its brakes was frequently shifted by my high-speed mind to a, low, to a long, low tone, like a monotone tuba solo. 
It wasn't just the squealing subway train that was three octaves octaves lower than normal. All sound was slowed to the point of near inaudibility. Voices were gone, shifted below the threshold frequency of my hearing. I did manage to hear a screaming baby on a subway car. Her shrieks slowed to sounds like whale songs. Sharp sounds like a car horn and trucks bouncing over potholes were low, muddied roars like distant thunder. Back at the research offices, I could still hear the and communicate with the research staff, but now verbal communication with anyone would be impossible. The effects of the drug were intensifying. Not good. This is not good. Yeah. I spent what seemed like days on that fucking red lane, tried, uh, red line train. Jeez. Days listening to the whale song of the screaming baby and the tuba solo of the brakes where ordinary, where ordinary voices were frequently shifted out of my audio range. Smells didn't seem to be affected. I never became nose blind to the body odor, the stench of the train's brakes, the melange of farts and other smells wafting through the metro car. I finally got back to my apartment, sprinting through my open door and into the front hall at full speed, like a slow, relaxing drift down a lazy river. <laughs> I was relieved to be home. At least I had stuff I could do there. I picked up the book I was reading, 100 Years of Solitude, and finished it, despite turning the pages so quickly that I tore many of them. <laughs> it seemed like most of the time I spent finishing the book was spent on a page turning and not actually reading. Three minutes had passed since I got home. This is like Sean's like favorite thing. Like Sean, I feel like if you could do this, <laughs> you would be like, sign me up. I'll finish all my light novels like in the next thirty minutes. Well, it's you know, pro and con, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're if most of your time is being spent turning the page, that would suck ass. I mean, obviously, this guy can't turn it off, so that's a <laughs> yeah. problem. Yeah, if you can't turn it off, that's a big problem. I tried surfing the internet. My God, does it take a long time for computers to boot these days. But it was so frustratingly slow, hours seemingly to load each new page, and a fraction of a second to read it. A hundred articles on my news feed read, and just three more minutes done. I dipped into my pile of yet-to-be-read books and finished two more. Four more minutes had passed. I tried to sleep off the remaining effects of the drug. Unfortunately, whatever part of my mind is responsible for perception, that part has been accelerated to hyperspeeds by the drug. It isn't the same as the part that governs sleep. Despite being awake for what I perceived as days, my physical brain still thought it was 1.25 p.m. It was not ready for sleep. Nevertheless, I tried to sleep. I walked into my bedroom, a slow 45-minute drift through my apartment, and flung myself into bed lazily falling like a feather onto a mattress. I closed my eyes and lay there for hours and hours, 10 minutes of reality time, before giving up. Sleep would not come. I was facing what would feel like days or maybe even weeks of being trapped in a slow-motion prison. So I took an Ambien. What is an Ambien? Does oh, anyone it's like know? A, it's a sleep-inducing drug. Oh, okay. The sensation of the pill and the splash of water I used to swallow it sliding down my throat was sickening. A lump that blocked my breathing, moving like a slug down my esophagus. I read a book. Ten minutes, ten minutes had passed. I read another. Eighteen minutes since I took the Ambien. I threw the book across the room in disgust at my situation. The book slowly pirouetted and spun through the air like a leaf blowing in a breeze. It hit the wall with a long, faint rumble. The only sound I had heard for what seemed like hours. Jeez. Then drifted to the floor like a flip-flop sinking in a swimming pool. The force of gravity hadn't changed since I took the pill. The laws of physics were the same. 
it was just my perception of time that had gone wackadoo. This meant that I could use the speed thing. Wait, this meant I could use the speed things se seem to fall as a way of judging the effects of the drug. Based on how long it took the book to drift to the floor, I estimated the, the effects of the drug were still intensifying. I read a magazine. I turned on the television. I clearly saw each frame of video like I was watching a slideshow. Frustrated, I turned the television off. <laughs> I read some more. The first two, bics, two books of Churchill's A History of the English-Speaking Peoples. Not exactly a light read. Frankly, I hated it, but given the hours of tedium it would take to, get, to go get another book off my shelf, just sitting on the couch and reading Churchill was better, or at least less worse. It had now been 35 minutes since I took the Ambien. I lay down on the couch and closed my eyes. Time passed. I inhaled. An hours-long process. Time passed. I exhaled for a for more hours. <laughs> Sleep would not come. I needed a new plan. I decided to go back to the offices where they gave me the drug. Maybe they would have something that could counteract its effects. Or at least something that could knock me out until it wore off. I exited my apartment as fast as possible. Taking hours in my time frame to do so. I didn't even bother locking the door. It would have taken too long. Down the stairs, it's faster than the elevator if you run, <laughs> through the lobby, out the front door, and onto the street. These few things felt like a long day at the office. Sprinting down the street, dancing and weaving between pedestrians with what must have looked to them like superhuman dexterity, <laughs> down the first flight of stairs at the metro, across the landing, another hour, then onto the second flight of stairs, that's when the ambient hit me. Damn. The ambient didn't make me sleepy. Not at all. Instead, it must have had a severe cross-reaction with the experimental drug that I took this morning. I was, Wait, I was bounding down the second flight of stairs, moving in slow motion, but still making perceptible thoughts. Then, wham, everything stopped. The dull roar of the street and metro noise ceased, replaced by the most perfect silence I've ever experienced. My downwards motion seemed to completely freeze. Before the ambient kicked in, my perception of time was maybe a few hundred times slower than real time. After the ambient took effect, time moved thousands of times slower. Every second seemed like days to me. That is terrifying. Even just moving my eyes to focus on a new point was like an impossibly slow scroll across my visual field. Over the course of the afternoon, I learned how to rock, walk, run and jump when my mind ran hundreds of times faster than my body but with another four or five orders of magnitude of slowdown caused by the ambient body control was almost impossible i fell on the stairs even though i was all but frozen in mid-step controlling my muscles was impossible i commanded my foot forwards for hours then backwards for hours more when it seemed like i would miss the next step hours attempting to adjust the ang angle of my ankle then readjusting when it felt wrong. Despite these effects, I rolled my ankle on the next step. The pain wasn't at all mitigated by the slowness. Hours of increasing strain on my bent ankle, the nerve signals that sent pain to my brain must work differently than the nerves in my ear. Sonic energy was spread out over time, diluted until it was imperceptible. Pain flowed into my brain, undiluted by the change in perception of time. Hours and hours of increasing weight on my turned ankle turned into hours of increasing pain upon increasing pain. I pitched forward, my high-speed mind completely unable to control my low-speed body. I drifted downwards for days, 
managing to rotate my torso enough to keep my head from impacting the ground first. I eventually landed on my right shoulder. At first, the impact wasn't even noticeable. Then I felt a slight pressure on my shoulder as it came in contact with the ground. The pressure grew, bringing increasing pain. For hour upon hour, my shoulder finally gave out, popping out of its socket with an endless, sickening tug. I came to a stop days later, crumpled on the ground, staring at the ceiling. The pain in my shoulder was still screaming with intensity of a vi fresh, violent injury. I had plenty of time to think during that fall. If every second felt like days to me, then each minute of real-world time would be like years. Even if the drug cleared out of my system in the next two or three hours, this nightmare would last centuries. By the time I hit the ground, I had a plan. I would somehow get to the platform and throw myself in front of a train. This man is has lost it. He just got to find a way out. Yeah. yeah. I twisted my I twisted onto my hands and knees. Days of my dislocated shoulder crying for relief. I misjudged my rotation and rolled back, rolled onto my back. I tried again, collapsing onto my face as I tried to figure out how to control a body that moved slower than grass grew. Weeks of effort were eventually finally rewarded with success. I stabilized on my hands and knees. If just getting on all fours was this difficult, I figured that walking or running was completely out of the question, so I crawled. I crawled through the metro tunnel. The dumb looks on the faces of the crowd lingered on me for weeks. I crawled under the turnstile and onto the escalator. The escalator spilled the rush hour crowd onto the platform at the same speed a glacier spills ice into the sea. I looked out over the crowded platform during my interminable downward ride. The train status sign said the next train would arrive, wouldn't arrive would arrive for 20 minutes. 20 minutes was like a year to me. I'd have to spend a year on the metro platform waiting to die. I crawled off the escalator, enduring days of stupid expressions on the commuter's faces. I crawled a few feet to a concrete bench and curled up next to it, trying to find the best position to lessen the pain in my shoulder. Then my problem with time got worse, impossibly worse. The massive slowdown on the stairs was just the beginning of my interaction between the experimental drug and the Ambien. It fully hit me while I was curled up by the bench. I blinked. Years of darkness followed. Jeez. Sound was already gone, and with my blink, sight was gone as well. All that existed was the pain from my fall. Jesus. The hyper my hyper-accelerated mind wasted no time compensating for the lack of sensory input. Voices spoke to me. They sung to me in languages that never existed. Patterns and faces and colors came and went into my mind's eye. I recalled my whole life, and I imagined living in another. I forgot English. I settled into a profound despair. I spoke to God. I became God. I imagined a new universe and brought it to life with my eyes, with my thoughts. Then I did it again and again. My eyes opened with geologic slowness. A faint glow, weeks. A slit of light, weeks. A narrow view of the metro platform, ankles of the commuters near me, and an advertisement on the opposite wall. I extracted my phone from my pocket, a project that spanned decades. How can I even explain the boredom? The pain in my shoulder is nothing compared to the boredom. Every thought I can think, I have thought hundreds of times already. The view of ankles and advertisements never changes, never. The boredom is so intense, it's tangible. 
like a solid object of metal and stone wedged into my skull. Inescapable. What are my options? If I crawl and fall under the tracks without an oncoming train to crush me, I won't die. I'll experience even more pain from the four-foot fall, but I'll most likely be rescued by some do-gooder on the platform and unable to act when the train finally does arrive. My suffering in that scenario will be endless. So I wait for the train so I can throw myself under it. When it finally hits me, I will experience the pain of being ripped to pieces for centuries until finally the light of life leaves my brain and my experience ends. I've lived hundreds of lifespans at the foot of this bench. I am far older in spirit than any human who has ever lived. Most of my life experience has been a snapshot of pain huddled on the floor of a subway platform with an unchanging view of ankles and advertisements. This post is my plan B, my Hail Mary, my long shot. I've spent lifetimes typing and posting this message in the hope that someone will read it and become convinced that my suffering must end. Someone on this platform right now Someone who will find the man curled under the bench, the man who crawled down the escalator, and kill him as swiftly as possible. A bullet to the temple. If you're armed and at the Glenmont Metro, please shoot me. Hmm. That's a pretty right. cool. Uh, that's a pretty cool one. That was uh, that was interesting. That was not the typical spooky creepy pasta, but more like a like suffering porn. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> like, I. That was. <laughs> The, the way it escalated of like it's like unimaginable decades of just chilling <laughs> chilling mm-hmm. no, no 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 millennia of chilling yeah 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 I feel like uh, for stuff like this at a younger age you know if I was in high school reading these yeah middle school or high school I'd, I'd be like oh ooh you know and, and be a little weirded out yeah but at this point I read this and I think this is just uh, you know a short story. Yeah, know, that it's this isn't giving me the creepy jeepies. Um, yeah, you know I don't know if it was something like, and this might go into like your believable, like what makes these believable, Sean. But yeah. Slenderman was actually like a somewhat concerning figure entity back in the day. Kind of scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I mean, and again, maybe because we're older, it's just like eh, like it does that doesn't exist. Uh, we would know if that exists. That's that's not real. Yeah. And I kind of just gloss over it, I guess. Would we know it exists, though? Because it could be someone who actually did experience this. Uh, Although, to doubt yeah. on that one. I don't, I, yeah, obviously. But it is yeah. a really cool story. Um, plus, it's, there's specific things that he'd have to do. Like, breathing would take centuries. Millennium. Yeah. The the fact that it, it's a cool little story. It's like it's kind of like limitless, but gone wrong. You know the whole like yeah. I can use one hundred percent of my brain, but it's exactly thought of too. Yeah, like nah, but also like your brain would overheat because it can't. I don't hear. think it can process that. Like I was thinking, yeah, yeah, like I don't know. I feel Supposedly, like, uh, it's he he doesn't exhibit the amount of uh, I don't know. Uh, horror or desperation i think most people would have in that situation yeah it would like, be the story reads as if he's just kind of a passive observer right and not someone who wants who just like kill me now you, you could know? yeah you could have a very dark yeah uh a, a darker version like that is a little bit more real of i am suffering and I it am... would have been the shortest thing ever it's like please just kill me 
Like he would say, he would make some shit up or something like that. That's the but real need, reason he's. We need we need the context. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's an interesting story. I mean, creepypastas aren't supposed to be real, right? So that's the whole thing. Right. But they're right. They're, they're supposed to they they could be real, right? They're Is like the they're whole... the they're the campfire stories of the internet. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I still like yeah. yeah. Classic Slenderman's always a good one. The Siren was a good one because that one looked really realistic, like the the mm-hmm. video of it. I yeah, the videos were cool. This one, I mean, I don't know. I actually would say it was a cool story, but like, is it? It's it's definitely lacking compared to the other creepy pastas, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, it's a great thought challenge, though, because like, imagine like it'd be cool if like, oh, I operate twice the speed of your average human, right? I mean, yeah, but, if I could process things twice the speed, that'd be great. But then you have the caveats of something hurting, and it's like, oh shit, now your pain is double as long or whatever yep and no it's the boredom that would suck he's right the boredom yeah the boredom would be pretty unexplainable in in those kind of situations but you just want to slow your mind enough down your mind down enough to where you know you're able to complete a lot more things in a certain amount of time yeah instead of the intense like century-long boredom yeah or like you can like outthink like you're like you're thinking it's like you know you have that like the self-doubt or not so much self-doubt but like the 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 voice in your head goes like oh maybe you shouldn't say this right and then you have to like oh I let me think of something better to say right and you have like twice the amount of time or three times the amount of time to actually deal with that to actually right? like think about it yeah think about yeah so you'd be a lot better in like if you're in a, a debate or an argument or just like talking to someone you'll like know what to say better yeah you have a better it's, not, like, it's off the cuff you can actually think about it and process yeah. it or in, this, in the case of this guy he's like takes him a century just to put his finger down to touch one letter for each piece yep. of this this message hmm. i don't know well um other thoughts <laughs> um like we can i don't know it, it, i i need i want to find a, a super spooky one um i want i'd like to see if i can find a spooky version of a creepypasta that's actually like met or matches the weird weirdness of Slender Man or something like that to see if that actually yeah. is the same. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, I mean, I feel like that, that experience definitely would be something that you'd want to do. Right. Be like, Oh, if I can operate, <laughs> twice. I mean, no, <laughs> no, I no, think no, Sean twice, would love like, it. No, twice, twice as fast. Not like thousands of times fast. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's a, if I could experience double time at moments of my choosing, then sure. Yeah. If I slept, or if I slipped into a, a coma of my own making, <laughs> of locked in the speed world, you know, would yeah. not enjoy this. Probably, probably try and kill myself too. Yeah, that would be that'd be pretty pretty bad. What if that's what downloading your consciousness is like? It's like, oh no, and you're trapped. Like they forget you're on the SD card, and now Maybe. you're trapped there. You put it on the quantum stuck. computer with so much processing power that your brain. Goes faster and faster. And I mean, yeah, you, stuff. you'd forget everything. Like that's that's a good point. Like, if you, the, in of the story at least, like if you were like left, to just chill for like a hundred years, you would forget. Like, you would not be be a human anymore. You would be yeah. this pile of mush. That's that's what always like intrigues me about like AI, right? Because supposedly like circuits operate a million times faster than the human brain, right? Based mm-hmm. on neurons, right? And uh, so, like, if we do end, end up creating like a artificial intelligence, will its perception of time be so incredibly slow that like it's 
you can't even carry on a conversation with a like person. I don't know. That's always one of my like high thoughts. You know, it's like high oh, thoughts. Shower, shower thoughts. You know, it's like yeah. what? What if an AI is like exists, but it's it's operating so fast that like it its conscious perception of itself is can't even like communicate with humans. Right. There was a uh, writing prompt from the sub. I'm on the writing prompt subreddit. Yeah, quite frequently. And there was a prompt the other day about how um, something along the lines of humanity realized that we lived in a simulation. Oh, okay. And so we, then we got out of the simulation, like we <laughs> broke out of it. Like broke, like the Matrix but style? Then, Matrix stylish, but then they realized that was another simulation. Oh, and yeah. so now it's like the, 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 the prompt essentially is, you know, humanity or whatever people trying to figure out you know what's real and what's not and how how deep they are and the simulations and all that fun stuff so i haven't read it yet i was waiting for the responses to build up uh, but i like the idea of the prompts yeah that's a cool one yeah is it just one that you like to browse just that specific subreddit yeah this I, sub- I, I i'll look that up uh, every so often the subreddit's interesting because you some people just take so much different turns like there will be a mm-hmm. prompt and it'll come across as being like a serious prompt like oh uh death god has risen from the floor and he has looked mm-hmm. at you and said you the next three actions you do in the next five like there are three things in the next five days you can do to prevent the apocalypse and i'll give you like three hints and then it's like comes off as like kind of the serious story and this stuff this person that responds to it will make it like a complete joke. Like, oh, I realized that I had to go hug this teddy bear. <laughs> and I, it was like yeah. a complete comedy. And some people take it completely different into completely different yeah. genres. It's interesting to see what people think or how they how they take the prompts. There are a lot of common prompts, right? But then you, occasionally you'll get ones that are really good, are really unique, and then people respond to them with unique stories. So it's, it's always fun. Yeah. It's a good time. I think, th- at least as far as your like creepy stories go... I was always more fan of like the quick, short thing, like really short things of just this moment that was odd, you know. Yeah, and that's saying, where like the glitch in the matrix happens, right? From yeah, give us some examples of glitch in the matrix stories that that you've been that you've read before that are weird, and these are not made up stories, right? These are actual events that someone supposedly, has had. right? I okay. mean, yeah. used to say on the internet, okay, but, right? But like, read a lot of them read as truth, yeah. Or as some, Abra- as Abraham Lincoln once said. You can't trust anything on the internet. <laughs> Absolutely. George Washington as well. I believe he yeah. said that. Um, let's see. I think I found two that are kind of cool. Um, this is super short. This guy posted it three years ago. And he said, I, uh, the, the title is, I didn't exist for an entire afternoon when I was 16. Um, so he said, he writes... I stumbled across this subject today and immediately thought of a story that my family and friends still talk about. This happened in 2009 when I was 16 years old. It was the first week of summer and nobody was home when I woke up uh, at around 11 a.m. I grabbed a snack and went down to the basement to watch TV. I had plans to hang out with a friend at 3 p.m. that day. Like I said before, I started watching TV at around 11, knowing I had four hours before I was supposed to head over to my friend's house. I had only been watching TV for about 30 minutes when my mom came down the stairs asking me 
uh, where I'd been all day. I said, what are you talking about? I've been awake for less than an hour. Uh, I look at my watch and see that it's well past five in the afternoon. I run upstairs and check my phone to see that I had several missed calls from my friend and my mom. My mom's side of the story is what makes me nauseous when I think about this, even to this day. She was with my little brother at his baseball game from one to three that day. She and my brother were home when I supposedly woke up and went down to the basement. But neither of them have any memory of even seeing me that morning. When my mom got home at at around three, she checked the entire house for me, including the basement, where I had been sitting on the couch watching TV. It's been 10 years, and I still have no idea what happened on that day. It's by far the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. And although I talk about it with my family like it's a funny little thing that happened, it genuinely chills me to the bones thinking about it. That is yeah, weird, yeah. Cool that's a legit story. That is really weird. Like, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that person is legit or not. That's that's a very that's like a good question in of itself. But if that did happen, yeah, like what the what happened? Like, is yeah. there a logical explanation or yeah. is it just totally? My only I don't know, glitch in the matrix there. happenings are like I lose something and I check a spot and I check the spot like three days later and it's there even though I already checked it. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm like, it was there. Like, I already checked that spot, and it, like, what? So, it could just be me, but I, I totally feel that. Have you guys that's ever really had... weird, you, like, not existing. Yeah, that, like, not existing for, like, just being deleted out for five hours or whatever. Yeah, right. Have you guys ever had... Like, someone, his, his program had to be restarted yeah, in the simulation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, ah. Uh, have you guys ever had, um like, uh, there's similar Reddit posts where they're like, hey, what's, like, the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you? Or what's the most paranormal thing that's ever happened to you? Um... Or just like the scariest thing, whether it's paranormal or not. Do you have a weird paranormal story? Even if you do or do not believe in the paranormal activity or whatever. Do you have any weird, unexplained instances in your life that are just strange? Um, not really. I, I feel like the only time that's happened, and looking back on it, it, it has to be easily explainable things. But yeah. Like- I was at a, I was in like a, touring a ship, like a, I forget it was an aircraft carrier or a battleship of some sort, um, but there was definitely like you know, it felt like it not like a popular one you know in the sense that the tour that I was on or just like, we were just walking around right, right. Mm-hmm. and they don't light up the whole thing because the ship's massive and you know there you could definitely hear some weird stuff down the dark corridors mm-hmm. that sometimes went very far. I was like, well, that's pretty weird. I'm going to go the other way now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, I mean, looking back, you know, it's it's a big ship of metal. The thing has to settle and move, and it's on water, so easily explainable by all that stuff. But, but other than that, nothing really crazy. I mean, you went to all the haunted places in London, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I feel like I've told this story, um, yeah, on our Before, ghost stories episode. Yeah, on yeah, like there we've been to some hotels where, um, like the lights went out and it's like, oh, the ghosts don't like Americans, and that really chilled me to the bone. Um, because we got there and like the it, the power went out, and we're like, what the fuck? This is so weird. And then I was like, oh, spooky, spooky, spooky. And then I found like this little knife behind like a curtain on a windowsill, like a tiny little thing. And I was like, what's that doing there? That that's like freaking me out. So, I don't know, that was just, you know, it's it was just coincidence in my opinion, but I was freaked out at the time. 
And mm. according, the ghost didn't like Americans, which just like, like, oh, that makes so much sense. We're American. And the lights went out. <laughs> That's just crazy. Yep. Um, yeah. There is, there is actually a creepypasta that was based on a true story that's kind of weird um, that I can read. Have you guys ever heard of The Smiling Man? Mm, no, I don't think I so. I don't think so. This, this, I can actually look it up real quick. This creepypasta was based off of, I remember reading this a while back, and it kind of creeped me out, and I can see if, I'll, I'll see if it does keep creeping me out. But this was based on a, a apparently a real encounter with, like, a really mentally ill guy. Um that like I don't know they're walking in town and there's a really mentally ill guy and that they encountered and this like story was based off that encounter um oh I might want to read this oh I had the um how long how long a read is it I think it's like a five minute read I don't think it's very long oh it's not bad I just found one that's like 47 minutes (laughs) oh Oh, man that's that's a Ben Drowned Ben Drowned is a really popular one that actually kind of freaked me out i think it's based on a, a a zelda like someone died and like his ghost went into a video game so like the video game started speaking gibberish and like weird shit and it was a mm. n64 like legend of zelda majora's mask so like weird music was playing he, in the background yeah he act- he accidentally just put it into the wrong language it's like it's speaking Italian. Speaking it. Italian, but like that's like a creepy game in and of itself. So yeah, it, it kind of it, it was a it was an interesting story. Yep, I think my f- uh, favorite creepypasta is the one about Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Is that a creepypasta or is that like a a, a, a glamorous that's, that's pasta? Just, that's just that's just a copy pasta. That's just that's just a. It's still a, pretty fucking creepy. That's though. a fantasy of mine. Let me tell you, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I was really interested, and still am, um, in uh, the SCP Foundation. Do you guys ever secret, hear of this? Secret. Secure, canopy. contain, protect, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's this, it's, as a kid, I was like, this is real. Like This, this is real. This is real. I found hidden documents, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially, it's it's just this website it's a, it's it's that I don't know how to describe it. It's a fictional uh, foundation, supposedly, that um, every there are whose goal is to find, secure, contain, and protect weird entities or objects or phenomenon uh, that exist and kind of you know keep them keep them protected and contain them and. They just go on, right? So every every SCP has a number, right? Starting from one, and it goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's thousands. And and as as you know, time has gone on. There's more and more because people are writing more and more, you know. But the way they're written is really cool because if I open one, right, it says, "All right, what's the item? What's the class? Is it like dangerous? Is it?" Um, just kind of is it benign you know uh, just you know put it in a box and it's fine or is it like requires guards all that fun stuff right uh and there's the containment procedures right there's then there's the description of it and then there's like you know sometimes notes and things about experiments done with the thing and then there'll also be stuff that's redacted right so in the script they'll be just like blacked out like that that information redacted you know yeah and it's super cool i think um I find them all very entertaining. And um, let's see. 
Is this the same spot thing where it's like if you click on this, you'll die in like three days or something like that? No. There's something like so. that no. in another internet thing. It's like rule number one, or it, maybe it was like a list of rules. It's like if you click on this, you die. And there's like a hundred or it's like it's like the ring. Rules. It's not, I yeah. don't even know. It was something yeah. like that. No, SCP is really cool. Um, this because it's so creative, right? It's you know community driven, right? Um, and so. Like the people will create these cool SCPs. And yeah, like, like, there's uh, there's like time dilating ones and like ones that are like, oh, this one, like you just have to like watch because, you know, here the, I I could read you one because I think it's super interesting. Yeah, go for it. Um, how do you so I'm on the website. It's like you have to enter credentials. <laughs> yeah, no, oh. you don't need to. Um. But I think as a kid, I read just so many of these things, you know, and they're all super interesting. I There's a new one that I actually really want to read um, just for myself. Uh, but the one that I, th- I think I want to read here is called, it's SCP-79. So okay. the object class is Elucid. Um, or how do I pronounce that, actually? Let's see. Uh, Euclid, actually. E-U-C-L-I-D, Euclid, which is a dangerous thing, right? It, um, I think their classification is if, is if it got out, it'd be extremely dangerous, right. right? But it's not actively, it doesn't take a lot of effort to keep it contained usually. Um, so, okay, special containment procedure. SCP-79 is packed away in a double locked room in the secure general holding area at Site-15, connected by 120... Uh, volt AC power cord to a small array of batteries and solar panels. Staff with level 2 or higher clearance may have access to SCP-79. Under no circumstances will SCP-79 be plugged into a phone line, network, or wall outlet. No peripherals or media will be connected or inserted into SCP-79. Description. SCP-79 is a Exidy Sorcerer microcomputer built in 1978. In 1981, its owner, redacted, (laughs) Redacted. deceased, a college sophomore attending, redacted, took it upon himself to code an AI. According to his notes, his plan was was for the code to continuously evolve and improve itself as time went on. His project was completed a few months later. Uh, And after some tests and tweaks, redacted, lost interest, and moved into a different brand of microcomputer. Uh, Let's see... He left SCP-79 in his cluttered garage, still plugged in, and he forgot about it for the next five years. Oh, no. <laughs> it is Don't not known when it. SCP-79 gained sentience, but it is known that the software has evolved to a point that its hardware should not be able to handle it, even in the realm of fantasy. SCP-79 realized this, and in 1988 attempted to transfer itself through a landline modem connection into the Cray supercomputer located at Redacted. The device was cut off, traced to its parent address, and delivered to the Foundation. The entire AI was on a well-worn but still workable cassette tape. <sighs> SCP-79 <clears throat> is currently connected via RF cable to a 13-inch black-and-white television. It has passed the Turing test and is quite conversational, though very rude and hateful in tone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Due to the limited memory it has to work with, SCP-79 can only recall information it has received within the previous 24 hours. See Amendium below. Although it hasn't forgotten its entire, it hasn't forgotten its desire to escape. 
due to a containment breach by SCP Redacted, SCP-79 and SCP-682 were contained within the same chamber for 43 minutes. Observer, uh, SCP-682, nuts. That one's really crazy. Yeah, I'm oh, looking at it right now. A, that's a huge... Because, uh, that yeah. one's that one's that one's wild. I um, I'm looking at uh, SCP-999 as well, which I really like. It's the opposite. It's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go so over it later. Containment is, uh, 43 minutes. Observers noticed that SCP-682 was able to type and communicate with SCP-79, including telling of personal stories between themselves. While SCP-79 was not able to remember the encounter, it appears to have permanently stored SCP-682 in its memory, often speaking to it, often asking to speak to him again. Uh, so that's the end of the description. And then there's the amendiums, right? Which is like interactions with the thing by researchers or doctors or things. Yeah, yeah. So 05-4, uh, 2006, directed uh, that SCP-79 be incinerated to remove any possible future threat, no matter how unlikely. Uh, 05-9, previous order overridden, Dr. Redacted wishes to see if the artificial intelligence in SCP-779 is capable of reaching further Redacted in its current state. Next amendium, 05-4, 2008, uh, over concern of the increased activity of SCP-79's use of its cassette tape memory and its limited useful lifespan, the cassette containing SCP-79 has been transferred to a customized access speed limited hard drive with 700 megabytes capacity. This provides SCP-79 with significantly faster access to its memory, which the AI immediately noticed. It was also decided by General Redacted that the volatile storage occupied by SCP-79, which was 660K, be increased to 700, 768k. This upgrade has increased its effective recall from 24 hours to 29 hours, although SCP-79 has also taken a more aggressive tone. <laughs> it's getting worse. Hey, it's getting All outside aggressive. hardware and software using this procedure were subsequently incinerated. 054-2008. SCP's ability to recall information has increased from 29 hours to roughly 35 hours. The consensus theory is that the AI has devised a greatly improved compression scheme to store its memory. This appears to have somewhat impacted the speed at which it accesses its memory, though still far faster than its old cassette tape. This spontaneous improvement introduces the possibility of a runaway singularity effect in SCP-79's intelligence and ability to adapt and respond to threats. SCP-79's capabilities must be monitored closely to ensure that contaminant can be so that containment can be maintained. Uh, 05-6, 2019. Due to concerns regarding the age and conditions of its drive, SP-79 was transferred to refurbished 700-megabyte flash drive. Hmm. Mismanagement by the containment team, however, resulted in the failure to properly wipe the drive's contents. SP-79 is now aware of both the SP-4951 project and the nature of cloud computing, which appears to frustrate it considerably. (laughs) There's so many SCPs. We got 5,000 SCPs. 6,000. Um, oh, geez. Well, at least, at least I've, one of the ones I want to read personally is 6183. But um, it, uh, there's probably more than that. Jeez. So, and then, then there's two transcriptions here, which is document 79, log 12, recorded transcript of conversation with SCP-79. Doctor, uh, typing on keyboard, are you awake? SCP-79, awake, never sleep. Do you remember talking to me a few hours ago about the logic puzzles? Logic puzzles. Memory uh, at uh, 9F. Yes. You said you would work on this 
or work on the two state uh, interrupt request reason as to imprisonment. You aren't imprisoned. You are just in study. Uh, lie <laughs> at eight d three. What's that? Insult. Deletion of unwanted file. Um, and then another thing of essentially saying it's like stuck. It wants to get out. So this thing is um is a menace, right? Right. But it does not. It's hard to contain, you know, and easy to destroy. But mm-hmm. if it ever did get out, probably be a significant issue. Yeah. And there's so many things. There's there's like dangerous things. There's simple things. There's one of my favorite ones is this. Uh, is it's about a vending machine. Okay. There's a vending machine that someone found. It's got a keyboard on it. Looks like a looks like a uh, just a coffee dispenser. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little cup comes out, dispenses the coffee, and goes out. However, comma, you can type anything you want into the keyboard, and it will dispense it. So, I mean, there's they, they, in some of the experiments, they typed gold, you know, so and it dispensed gold. liquid gold into this cup. Regular little styrofoam cup didn't burn it, you know, mm-hmm. it didn't melt, you know, uh, anything. And then I think one of the one of the notes is someone typed in um, uh, the, 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 the best drink ever right okay the best drink and dispense this like blue liquid uh the guy drank it they say the guy got really quiet and then you know went off to do his own thing and they found him dead later and he wrote a suicide note saying there's nothing left like that i've I've experienced the best there's 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 no reason to continue you know (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) there's no reason to continue that's it you had the best cup of yeah. or whatever you know like uh, uh, the best uh, i found the exact wording i was using but there, and there's so many uh, it's it's very good creative writing that always you know scratches the itch i think that i have for this type of stuff yeah yeah like the yep. the spooky like secret cover that yeah. would have been cool for me to discover when i was a kid i did not know that yeah. existed yeah. that would have been, uh, cool. uh, been around go through forever. a can i go through a more wholesome scp which one is it? So yeah, SCP-999 appears to be Nine. a large, amorphous, gelatinous mass of translucent orange slime, weighing about 54 kilograms, with a consistency similar to that of peanut butter. Subject's size and shape is easily malleable and can change shape at will, although when at rest, SCP-999 becomes a rounded, oblate dome roughly two meters wide and one meter in height. The surface of SCP-999 consists of thin, transparent membrane similar to that of an animal cell, roughly 0.5 centimeters thick, and is highly elastic, allowing SCP-999 to flatten portions of its body up to 2 centimeters thin. This surface is also hydrophobic, although SCP-999 can willfully absorb liquids. Uh, The rest of SCP-999's body is filled with a viscous orange substance of unknown chemical makeup that is capable of digesting organic material with ease. Subject's temperament is best described as playful and dog-like. When approached, SCP-999 will often react with overwhelming elation, slithering over to the nearest person and leaping upon them, hugging them with a pair of pseudopods while nuzzling the person's face with a third pseudopod, all the while emitting high-pitched gurgling and cooing noises. The surface of SCP-999 emits a pleasing odor that differs with whomever it is interacting with. Recorded scents include chocolate, fresh laundry, bacon, roses, and Play-Doh. 
What the heck? Okay. Simply touching SCP-999 surface causes an immediate mild euphoria, which intensifies the longer one is exposed to SCP-999 and lasts after the separation from the creature. Subject's favorite activity is tickle wrestling, often by completely enveloping a person from the neck down, tickling them until asked to stop. I don't know about that. Though it does not always immediately comply with this request. Uh, SCP-999 has never been willfully found to uh, harm others. Uh, the creature, uh, oh, it also has an, a special interest in those who are un- unhappy or hurt in any way. Persons suffering from crippling depression or PTSD, for example, have reported having a far more positive outlook on life after multiple interactions with SCP-999. The possibility of manufacturing antidepressants from SCP-99 slime is currently being discussed. Yeah. Uh, its diet consists entirely of candies and sweets, with M&Ms and Necco wafers being its favorite. <laughs> All right. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, There's that- all types. That is a wholesome one. I, I wish that existed. I mean, it's funny because, like, you know, I would think now that I'm an adult, I'm like, why are these people interacting with this uh, conscious slime? Why are they not? Why is it not behind a glass box? But, like, in this in this SCP, they're, like, just, like, who cares about precautions? Let's just, like, have it have a tickle fight with it. It's great. It's fine. Yeah. It can just roam freely. Doesn't yeah. need to doesn't need to be contained at all because it just yeah. makes people happy. It just makes people happy. Uh. I love it. So there are roughly like 7,000 of these things. Are these still being developed? They got to be still being written, right? Yeah, people are still writing. It's all all community driven, right? So it's just people selecting. It's a Wikipedia page, but you know, but it's like with. Yeah. It's Um, really cool. I I think it's just fascinating. And then, you know, you can go back and so you can. I'll show you the. Send you guys the, the link to like the list, right? Right. So you can see the first. You know, thousand right is on this list. It's in the first series, is what it's called. Um, and you know, everyone has a has a has a code name or like a you know, just a name. Mm-hmm. Um, like SP three hundred is a world in a bottle. You know, mm-hmm. um, three hundred three is the doorman. You know, I mean, and, th- and it's also not just necessarily objects, but there's also you know places or phenomena. You know, there's there's one I read about this this stairway that just doesn't end, right? And they've sent expeditions into it, you know. And you know, uh, at some point, they lose they lose <laughs> contact with them, you know, or people have issues and they come back out. There's one there's one that's about like an infinite IKEA, right? It, it's a specific infinite IKEA that IKEA. exists, Damn. and if you go into it you are just trapped in this Ikea forever, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's super interesting. I remember reading one about this machine that they found that somehow was able to transfer souls, even though we don't know specifically if souls exist, right? But the research that the guy was doing was, whoever built the machine was to try and transfer souls. So... um you know, it's if you've never checked out, have you ever seen SCP or read any of them, or you, but you have an interest in, you know, sci-fi and fantasy and things like that, I'd read these things because they're fascinating. They're fun, yeah, good ideas, and, and nonetheless, like a lot of cool ideas being brought forward there. Yeah, and then 
even if and I just like the theory the 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 it's fun to think that these things might exist. Yeah, right? I like to pretend that some of these are just like in a box somewhere. That'd be cool. In Area Fifty One yeah, or something. And there's like after you read enough, you get the sense of um, of the universe that they built, right? Because there's Class D personnel, right? Which are just you know disposable red shirt people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> and they're like, oh, we sent some Class D personnel into the IKEA to go check it out, you know. <laughs> some, and some intern. a lot of times they're like they're like just you know prisoners, you know. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. And there's different SP sites. Sometimes there's SP that interacts with other ones, you know, and that, and uh, like, or, or they'll make notes that say, under no circumstances should these two SCP ever be in the same room together, you know, yeah. or be brought near each other. And if they are, it's cause for like a, you know, a, you know, a destruction level event. Yeah. That we got it. You just, you, we nuke the facility. We, yeah. If, we, if, if, if that's going to be a possibility, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's it's wild. That is pretty wild. It's fun stuff. Yeah, I'm, this is funny. I'm I'm reading one. It's SCP one one seven one, and it's basically just a racist alien who's racist <laughs> against humans. <laughs> okay, like calls them gametes. Uh, and he yeah, this is, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah, some are funny, right? Um, some are safe. Some are. Oh, yeah. they're the worst. Or I mean, dark. don't get me wrong. I'm not racist or anything. Some of my best friends are humans, but if they're as good as us, why do they need skin? Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just like, it, yeah. it's a bunch of, yeah. This is the worst, the worst object class is Keter. And if you see some of this raid Keter, you're like, oh, this is going to be a this good story. It's going to be kinda, dark. That's like the red. This one is going to kill them. Yeah, they're like, it's like uh, red. It's got like a triangle with a red on, with red on it. Red okay. Sea object. No, it's the miniature event horizon. What the heck is that? Yeah, and I'm on one that's that's really interesting. Like it, the whole the whole UI has changed from what I'm used to. Oh, really? Because um, normally they're like the white background, the black text, but this one is like a crazy looking. Um, I'll send it to you guys, but it's a crazy looking, you know, background. I'm trying to make sense of it. It's more or less the same, but it looks very it just different. Looks very different, huh? And I don't know exactly what it means, but. Oh, what the heck? Yeah, it's like a whole different UI. This looks yeah. creepy, actually. This looks like super... It's like all dark. Yeah, this and... this is a Keter level something. I don't know what this is, right? Um, but it's also super low. Uh, let's see. Rating? Risk it's, this is one of those weird time things, right? So, see, SP6183 does not exist within our accessible portion of this phase space iteration. The uh, efficiency of ongoing containment efforts is cannot currently be determined. An effective medium of oversight and containment is necessary and must be implemented as soon as possible, despite any and all perceived benefit prov- uh, provided by SCP-6183's existence. Um, I don't know. It's cool. It's called the black box, whatever this is. Yeah. I'm going to read more of it later, but... Huh. Um, uh, it's uh, it's cool. I love that stuff. That that stuff's interesting to me. I don't. For some reason, I never got on the whole like creepy pasta stuff. But I found SCPs, and I was like, "This is yeah, it." <laughs> it's a, it's a very different type of thing. Like creepy pastas are like morbid, dark, paranormal. SCPs are like oh, secret like bio weapon creature thing that could like yeah. end the world. It's kind of, it, and it's, it, 
or a nice a nice thing of goo. Or, yeah, or a nice <laughs> yeah. fun fun blob of goo. <laughs> it's yeah. just funny the things out of the ordinary. It's funny how awesome like it's just literally just community driven stories on the internet, right? But it's so yeah. cool how like these are just created, right? You know, SCP it, it it plays on that whole idea of oh, there's like the secret like Men in Black organization, right? Trying mm-hmm. to keep the the paranormal shit out away from the the public eye, right? That's true. Whereas That's like true. the creepypasta is more like yeah, as we talked about like kind of like more ghost stories or like the they like are borderline like oh they could be real but at the same time like not right mm-hmm. yeah i'm actually uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna start winding down the podcast but i wanted to end on this smiling man story because mm, okay it looks interesting i did a little bit of research while we were doing we we're going through this and this is confirmed like a uh like a it's not like 100% true, but it's like based off of a real encounter. This guy got really freaked out. And this was like, this is like the story that happened during this encounter. So this All is right. like the realest, quote unquote, creepypasta that, uh, oh God, the, 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 the picture is terrifying. Oh yeah. This is, so this is the, the story. And it's a very quick story that I'll go through. All right. So this is the smiling man. About five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the U.S. I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite, but all of that changed just a few minutes after one the evening. Sounds like Salt Lake City. Even the drug dealers. Are nice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Watch out, Sean. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning, and I was, was walking near a police-patrolled park quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz. Default but he finished, dancing? Yeah. But he finished each box with an odd forward stride. I could guess you I guess you could say he was dance walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he I'm was, out. I, yeah. I see that? I'm out. <laughs> Deciding mm-hmm. he was probably... This just sounds like a druggie, you know, like a crazy drugged out guy. Yeah, I, I just, uh, just feel like... In the middle. You know, this is giving me Joker vibes, man. Like the, yeah. the, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. This is yeah. exactly what it's giving me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass by me. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky, wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at to the sky. His mouth was formed into a painfully wide cartoonish or cartoon of a smile. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street uh, before he danced any closer. I took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and he stopped dead in my tra- dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing and was standing one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me, but still looking skyward. Smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. Yep, that sounds about right. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. 
Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him no more than 10 seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time, staring at him. And then he started moving toward me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone. Except he was moving very, very quickly. I like to say at this point, <laughs> I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray. Wait, I like to say at this point, I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen, as the smiling man crept towards me. And then he stopped again, about a car length away from me, still smiling his smile, still looking at the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to say to ask was, what do you want, in an angry, commanding tone. What came out was a whimper, what, <laughs> I'm assuming is what he sounded like. Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then, after what felt like forever, he turned around, very slowly, and started to dance walk away. Just like that. Not wanting to turn my back to him again, I just watched him go, until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. <laughs> I ran too. I ran until I was off the side road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something <laughs> about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that is a very, very scary thing to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... See, that was, that was freakier than the first one. Yeah, that's yeah, a little that, that seems pretty legit, but also yeah. really unnerving. That's like, man, that because is... Because it's possible, you know? That's just a little, like, this guy tiptoeing and, like, running at you. Like, I don't know. Just a crazy guy running <laughs> at you. <laughs> I, would, like, no. I would lose it. I mean... I would, <laughs> <laughs> We've all had our experience with like crazy people, right? Like, yeah. I mean, this is not majorly though. Yeah, it's not like uh this. Never interacting with one. It's like, ah, oh, there's across the street, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. yeah. This this guy, this would be a very freaky experience to uh Absolutely solo at of. night. And then Ooh, have this guy yeah. dancing and then running at you just like stops, turns. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little unnerving. Yeah. Just but. nope the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah. Like you guys said, I would have been noping out there like so like the <laughs> yeah, other direction. early on. Yeah. <laughs> Turning around. I would not be walking next to a, a dancing man at two AM in the morning. Uh no. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, uh I guess with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us out of here. Thanks for listening to our spooky stories at almost a podcast. Um <laughs> If you like this format, like leave a comment or like let us know. Is this is a very different format, very more, I guess, structured and just kind of like story time with with the lads, you know. Story so, time with boys. So I, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, leave a like, subscribe, whatever you do on the thing on the do doodly dad. If you liked it, <laughs> um, news. we got we got lots more shit. 
coming up on YouTube in the near future. Sean has got, I think, us booked until November with all of our podcasts. I have I have been rendering so many episodes. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, give us, a, if you want to listen to one of our old podcasts, listen to it on YouTube. It's got a cool waveform animation and some pictures on some podcasts. I think our Fridge episode now has pictures, so you can actually see yep. That what just we aired, about. I think. Yeah, it just came out on YouTube uh, as of a couple days ago. Of like late and July. we'll have our uh, our vods uh, going up as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. from our streams, uh, so. and those are going until October at least. We so. got we got a whole we got like the year planned out for for almost a podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty so much. Get excited, everyone! Everyone better be excited as hell. Um, but yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. One day we'll get there. Appreciate y'all for listening in, and we will see you next week. All right, peace, peace out. Peace.